This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Praise the Lord. Convinced the living water changes everything, one life at a time. I pray that that purpose and that that calling that we have, not just for North Lake Church, but for God's church, is your passion. I pray that truly you would recognize God has placed you here to be a light and to be effective for his gospel. Well, we are talking about the greatness of God, the greatness of God. And uh, it has been already an exciting time. We've already looked at two different people, looking at one from the Old Testament, actually three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have looked at uh, Peter the Apostle. This week we're going back to the Old Testament and we'll be going back to uh, the same book as we look at a person by the name of Daniel who was an associate of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As a matter of fact, he was above them uh, as far as the order in which uh, the kings had placed uh, them in the kingdom. Here just to give you a little bit, a quick background on what was happening during Daniel's time in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jerusalem had become under siege. Okay, it started with King Nebuchadnezzar, but it moved right on down, and kingdom after kingdom and king would just uh, be there, and one king would take over the other king and still ruling in Jerusalem. The Jewish people had become subject to another nation's king and ruler. They were now slaves, uh, and, and here they were, and what a time it must have been. What a time it must have been to be discouraged. I mean, if you imagine your own nation coming under the power of another and having to recognize someone else's authority, and yet what I see is these people of God were not shaken by circumstances of what was around them. As I continue to pray, and I have no idea what God's timetable is, I will simply tell you this. As I have been praying just in the last two months, preparing not only for the new year, I just get over and over the scripture in Joel chapter 3. Multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision. God is allowing and bringing about the cause for people to have to choose whose they are and who they're going to stand with. I do not know what may or may not happen to us as a nation. I am not a gloom and doom guy, but I will tell you this, what is going to happen is under the sovereignty and the plan of God. And what I will tell you is God's ultimate plan is for all that can come to repentance. 
And God is allowing everyone to come to the point where they must be in that time of decision. What will I do with the knowledge that I have? Am I accepting Jesus? Am I standing with him? Or am I going my way? The way of the world, the way of whatever else that we would choose. God is calling to us. We're going to look at Daniel chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 25 through 28, although we're going to be looking at the entire chapter as we were before. As we get ready, it does us well to understand that, again, God's purposes and God's plan cannot be thwarted. Oftentimes, we, because we live in this world of having our five senses and having so much of what we see in the world, thinking that this is all there is to reality, we get lost in the fact that there is an eternity that is being decided. The Word of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says... We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against things that are unseen, things that are happening in the spiritual realm, and it's bringing us to the valley of decision. It's bringing us to the point of having to choose whose we are. And when this choice is brought about, it brings about the greatness of God. So let's read this passage of Scripture found in Daniel chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 25. We're going to read through 28. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Just to give you a little more information jumping ahead, it was under King Cyrus that he gave the nation back to Israel. He not only gave them their land back, he gave them the treasury back, all that he had plundered, his dad, and all those that the other kings had plundered, he went in and gave it all back to them. Hallelujah. God and his plan cannot be thwarted. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that looks like a lion who has just had a feast. And here is the point as we look to the greatness of God, is God has always been bringing since the moment that sin caused that ugly separation from God. His whole purpose is to bring about that people would choose Him again. Choices. Choices are a part of the world just as real as lions are today. There are lions in the world, there are choices that are in the world, and when you come up against your lions in your life, there are choices you are going to have to make. You're going to have to choose whether you're more afraid of being fearful for the lion or whether you are sure and have trusted in the one that is the creator of the lion. Now, you may never come face to face, I hope, with a real lion. But what I am telling you is in your lifetime, you are going to experience lions of trial and tribulation in your life that are going to want to devour you. They are going to want to rip you to shreds. They will sometimes be of no fault of your own. And you at that moment are going to have to decide, am I trusting in the God who created this circumstance and who has the power over it? Or am I going to succumb to the lion and say, hey, let's make a deal? Monty Hall was an expert at it. For some of you, you're thinking, who is he? I know I've dated myself. <laughs> But he was in charge of a famous show on TV called Let's Make a Deal. And that's what we sometimes do rather than trust in God. We look at the circumstances and we say, I've got a deal of how I'm going to get out of this. And God says, won't you just stand and believe me? So it's a matter of choices. The first choice is one of obedience. God's one thing that he is wanting and desiring is that not one would perish, but that all will come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. God is not slow concerning his promise. As some men count slowness. It was some translation says, God is not slack. God is not a slacker. He knows the time it is. He is not coming because he's forgotten his promise. He is patient with us. Not wanting any to perish. But everyone that can possibly come to him may come. It is all about deciding what we are going to do 
with God's gift. God has offered a gift, and the gift was the same. Those that walked in the Old Testament, it wasn't that they got there by works, guys. The Bible makes it clear that Abraham looked ahead to the cross. We look behind to the cross, but we all look to the cross. <laughs> Abraham was considered a friend of God because he believed, not because of what he did. You look in the Old Testament, they weren't justified by their works. They were justified because they obeyed the word of God. It is the same. We simply obey and accept, receive the gift of God's covering. There is no one that is good. Isaiah 64 makes it clear there's no one who is good. No, not one. All have gone astray and have gone their own way. There is a point just as Daniel, and if you look and write this down, Daniel chapter 1, in verse number 8, it says in the New American Standard, Daniel made up his mind. And your translation may say something a little different. It may say Daniel resolved but it means it was purposeful. It means he chose. It means even in the midst of difficult circumstance, Daniel said, I will be the Lord's. I believe that God is calling the church to such a time as this. I'm not preaching fear to you. I'm preaching that we better know whose we are. I don't know when my Lord may come, but I know this, things are heating up and God is bringing us as a people and a nation to the valley of decision. People are going to have to choose whose they are. Or am I with the Lord and am I for Him? Or am I going to do my own thing? There is no turning back. It's either one way, away from the cross, or to the cross. You're either going away from God, or you're running to Him. There is no other safe ground. There's a choice that needs to be made. God is calling us to choose, to have to make the choice of making up our mind. All right, jot these down. <laughs> Some scripture verses to look at as we think about God bringing us to a point of decision. I've already mentioned Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Also want you to look at verses 20 and 21. Uh, although that whole chapter in Daniel 1 is excellent. And Daniel, the important thing, he resolved before anything even started that he was going to be the Lord's. If we cannot serve Jesus while it is easy, 
will never choose him when persecution comes. Do you hear me? If we can't serve the Lord where we have all kinds of comfort and love and support when we are under siege and our circumstances press in on us and our toothpaste of life gets squeezed, we're going to be known for what comes out of us. Whether it's the world or whether it's Jesus. Something is going to come out. And whose you are is what it's going to be. In fact, I've said before and I'll say it again. In life, you are a tube of toothpaste. And you are going to get squeezed. It's not a matter of if. It's when. And when you get squeezed will determine really your choice that you've made. Because it's easy to say, I'm the Lord's, when it's going great. It's another thing to say, I am the Lord's, come what may. Amen? All right, Joshua 24, 15. If you don't know that scripture, very quickly, it's where Joshua says, As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I believe God is calling this nation and people in it to say, I will serve the Lord. It's time for us to say, no, I am not going to not pray. I will serve the Lord, come what may. And I still believe that as long as there's tests in schools, there will be prayer. <laughs> the point is, you can't stop someone from praying. You can't stop someone from serving God. You look at it in the history of the church. Every time persecution has come to snuff out Jesus, the church arises in power because of his Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2, Paul talks about today is the day of salvation. Talks about that there has to be a decision. There has to be a time when you decide what you believe. Not what you feel. I'm telling you, my feelings could be any number of things depending upon when you catch me. It's true. My feelings tell me, don't get out of bed today. Sit in and sleep. It's warm. But I believe that I need to get up. So I get up. My point is, if we are run by our feelings, we will never make a choice for Jesus. I'm asking, what do you believe? Because you will live what you believe. God is wanting us to bring us to the point where we decide what we believe. Luke chapter 14, Jesus puts it this way. He says, which of you sitting down to build a house doesn't sit down first and decide whether he has enough to finish it? Lest he start building the house and after he starts building, 
everybody begins to mock him because he doesn't have enough to finish. And then Jesus makes the point. Everyone who becomes my disciple must give up everything. So if I give up everything, what will I have? Remember what I talked about last week? We often so in such a fearful, oh, God's going to take everything from me, as if God needs your junk. What God wants is you to give up self and serve Him. And if, if you'll give up yourself, your junk won't matter. And if we're worried about our junk, it means we haven't given up ourself. God is wanting to bring us to a point of decision. Daniel came to that point. Daniel made the decisions. Others come to that point. We read about them in Scripture. We see them. We've heard about them in our lives. Others who have served God and have made the choice. God is allowing us to make that choice. Praise God there was a pastor in Africa that made the choice. He said, I will serve the Lord. I am going to still be about his kingdom. Hallelujah. Well, let's move on. Daniel came to the point after he made his choice that choices in spite of trials or life. See, this is where it gets a little iffy. Daniel made his choice, and we read chapter 1, and we think, good for Daniel. And then it says, Daniel was promoted, and, and uh, even through Nebuchadnezzar and other kings that came after him, Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, he had Daniel in him. And now we see Darius, and Darius appoints him. In fact, I want you to see something in verse number 3 of Daniel 6. It says, then this Daniel, <laughs> I love the way it says that, began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the sad traps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. Whose do you think that was? If you think it was Daniel, the answer is wrong. It was God. It was His Spirit that was resting on Him. And when you are a child of God, the Scripture says that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, we need to believe that. Not by feelings. We need to believe it because it's true. We need to believe it. Daniel believed it. He knew that he was a child of God. And so the trial came. Verse number 5 talks about the other people that were around Daniel in leadership. Got irritated because the favor of God rested on him. Now I'm going to tell you, just because you make a choice for Jesus doesn't mean that everything's going to go wonderful. Just because you've made a decision for Jesus doesn't mean that your world won't be topsy-turvy. 
In fact, sometimes when you make a decision and the trial comes, it will bring tears. It will bring a time of being uncomfortable. It will bring a time of you being in travail because of the pressure and the, the, the trouble and, the, and just all those things that life tries to put us under. Just like Daniel, making a decision for Jesus doesn't mean that God's greatness is going to be seen by you having no problems. And really, I will tell you, without mentioning names, it concerns me in my country when I hear a gospel of easy believism. It concerns me for my nation and my people when we have many running to teachers who want to itch their ears instead of preaching the truth. Who want to say, everything's wonderful. Come to Jesus. He'll make you wealthy, keep you healthy, and fill in what you missed. I don't read that in Scripture. I read that, yes, God's blessing falls on you, but it falls on you under trial and through tribulation and in the midst of what it is that God is a God who takes you through the fire, through the water, and lets you come out for His glory at His appointed time because His greatness will be seen. So listen to what Daniel did under trial. Verse number 10 of chapter 6. Now when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, see, this is what happened. These guys got together, they went before King Darius and they said, King Darius, make a decree and send it out that it has to be signed with your ring that can't be taken back that for the next 30 days... Everybody is to pray to you. Why did they do it? Because they knew that Daniel, three times a day, got down on his face and prayed to his God. And they said to themselves, look, the only way we're going to get this guy in trouble is it has to do something with his God. I have prayed. I have thought, Lord Jesus, help me. Fill me with your power that it may be said of me, look, the only way we're going to accuse this guy of anything is about serving as God. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That, that they looked and they said, one thing we're going to be able to catch him on if he serves as God with all of his heart. But Daniel wasn't afraid. It says Daniel knew they signed the document. And he entered his house, now... In his roof chamber. That means he was out in public. That means he didn't say, well, I'll pray, but I'll just do it and not tell everybody and be silent. It means he says, it says he opened the windows. And he, toward Jerusalem, kneeled 
and began praying and giving thanks before God as he had done previously. This is what I say. Don't think if you wait all the way, if, you, if you're sitting here thinking, well, you know, when the trial comes, I'll really serve God. You know, when things really come down to it, if I'm really put under pressure where I have to make a decision, I'll serve God. No, you won't. If you're not serving God now, when the pressure comes, you'll fold like a deck of cards. Daniel did what he had always previously done. He got down on his knees and said, Here I am, Lord. Choices have to be made in spite of the trials. It means our troubles don't go away, and sometimes even because of a specific choice for God, the trouble comes regarding your God. But praise the Lord, we don't need to get bitter because God has got it under control. And like Daniel, Daniel simply knew that this is the right thing to do. He got on his knees and he prayed before God. And here's the next thing that you need to understand. And that's that our choice or our choices always bring consequences. Now, the fact is, is oftentimes when we think of consequences we will think of one of two things. We'll either think of a reward, a benefit, or we'll think, when, you, when I hear consequence, I always think trouble's coming. Okay? But this is the point. We need to get that one or the other out of our head. The fact is, is that our choice, or we need to get the idea out of our head that that consequences only come if I make a decision, but if I don't make a decision, consequences won't come. You're wrong. The fact is, consequences will come. The consequences of life happen whether you want them to or not. We have all been born into this world, and if the Lord tarries, every one of us at some point in this room, unless the Lord comes back, are going to die at some point. You don't have to think that it is or isn't going to happen. It's going to happen. And the choices that we make will always bring a consequence. There is a blessing or there is a curse. We make our choices, then our choices make us. In the Old Testament, it makes it clear that the children are not going to be held accountable for their parents' sin. The soul who sins dies. The fact is, our choices mean something. And, and truly, 
uh, this idea of, well, if I just put, put the choice off long enough, when it really comes down to the point that I have to, I'll do it. No, we won't. We'll either decide that we're serving the Lord or we will find a reason not to. We either love the Lord and want to be His or we say, you know, I love Jesus, I kind of like Him, but there's so much of the world that I just love. Here is my point. Whether you make the choice for him now or whether you make the choice to not be with him, on either side, you will see the greatness of God. (laughs) Seeing the greatness of God is not open for debate. Even if you choose not to serve the Lord, you are going to see the greatness of God. (laughs) So the point is, How am I going to see the greatness of God? The the point becomes, am I going to see the greatness of God as Daniel did? Daniel made a decision, and even the king, you read in chapter 6, got tricked. He didn't want to do that to Daniel, but his pride got a hold of him. And because of his pride, he got tricked. Then he tried to get Daniel out of it, and he couldn't. So he throws him in the lion's den, but it says when he did that, he wrestled with it all night, hoping, and in fact, when he threw him in, he said, Daniel, the God whom I know you serve will deliver you. (laughs) We we never know. It, It doesn't say whether Darius was a believer, but he knew God. (laughs) And I'm telling you, whether you choose to serve God or not will have nothing to do with whether you see the greatness of God. Because my Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. We either do it now willingly or we'll do it then because we know that it's true. (laughs) Daniel, because he chose to serve the Lord, he runs the king to see what happens to Daniel. And because of what God did, listen to what he says. He runs at verse number 20. And when he came near the den to Daniel... He cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you constantly serve been able to deliver you from the lions? Well, now that tells you right there, although he knew of God, he wasn't God's. Because if he was God's, he would have said, I know Daniel's going to be delivered (laughs) because I know God. (laughs) But he says, has he been able to deliver? And, of course, Daniel speaks up. O king, live forever. (laughs) My God has sent his angels to shut the lion's mouths. 
Now, just in case you thought maybe that den of lions had had a meal like our lion that did at first screen here, the story's told that the king was so upset that these others had got Daniel into this mess and tricked him that he threw those who accused Daniel and their families into the lion's den. And you read it in chapter 6, before they even hit the ground, the lions devoured them. Those were some hungry lions. But Daniel was there and he says, they have not harmed me in 22 I have been found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. And then Darius makes his big exhortation about the fact that God is the living God. He is the God who endures forever. His dominion will never quit. He delivers and rescues, performing signs and wonders. If there was ever a time that we needed people to know that God is God, it's now. And I... I, I, hear me, your pastor isn't here preaching to you to go out and be, to go out and look and try to get yourself persecuted. That's manipulation. Don't do that. What I'm telling you is go out of here in the spirit of the living God and in your Savior Jesus Christ and Be the light of the world. Be that example before the world that is constantly telling you what you should and shouldn't do. And you say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And in that, I am telling you, we will see our nation experience the greatness of God like never before. I don't know whether God may call some to give their lives or some we will see go through the flame and see the glory of God that way. But here's my point. Whether I live or I die, as Paul says, I live or die to the Lord. As I said to you, we're going to die. The point is, whose are we going to be when that happens? We are going to see the greatness of God. The point is, will you see the greatness of God standing in and for Him? Or are you going to see the greatness of God standing away and not in Him? You will see the greatness of God. Bow your head with me this morning.